What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Eastern Current. Doing a little last-minute live episode here. Um, I'm at home by myself. My wife's out on a little girls' night. Got the baby here. Got the baby monitor pulled up on my phone. So hopefully that all goes smoothly. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna go live. We're gonna talk about spring trout fishing. I got my good buddy Captain Ozzy on here. Um, been been doing real well on the trout this spring. Um, and it's been a good spring for trout overall. I feel like a lot of people kind of give up on trout in the spring. But really, it's a great time to catch big fish. Um, so hopefully we'll, we'll bring you all some good information. Before we get going um, too far into that, I'm just going to share with y'all uh, about the sponsor of this show, of this episode. It's First Class Glass. Uh, they do great boat work here in Wilmington, North Carolina, um, and, and definitely worth coming to even you know throughout North Carolina. Uh, anything from full boat restorations to just small fiberglass repair that can completely redo your motor, uh, make an old motor look brand new, get new stickers on it, you know, redo the fiberglass and touch it all up, repaint it. Um, but yeah, any boat work that you need done um, on your fiberglass boat, uh, check out First Class Glass. I'll have that linked in the show notes um, on all the podcast platforms as well as the description on YouTube. Uh, if you got any questions about them, feel free to hit me up personally. Um, at their website's firstclassglass.com. They've got an Instagram as well. I also want to thank iStrike Fishing, big supporters of this show, um, big supporters uh, of my guide business, and, and they just make great products. If you haven't tried iStrike Fishing, then you definitely need to. they got a lot of different great jig heads and, and, and other products uh, as well. So go check them out, iStrike Fishing on Instagram, as well as just iStrike Fishing um, on, as their website, iStrikeFishing.com. But yeah, like I said, tonight, actually, two more things. If you do love the podcast and you want to help support support us, uh, you can go check out our Patreon page. We're uploading weekly extra content that's just for our Patreon guests, answering any questions, trying to help those those Patreon guests personally um, catch more fish. And so it's a great place to to have your qu- questions and comments definitely heard and answered. Um, and we really do appreciate appreciate that support on the back end. Um, go check out our Facebook group, Eastern Current Fishing, um, on Facebook as well as Eastern Current on Instagram. Um, just a great place to connect with other listeners and, and grow this community that we've got going here. Uh, but without me babbling too much more, I'm going to go ahead and bring on Captain Ozzy. What's up, man? What's going on? Oh, nothing much, man. Thanks for hopping on here and doing another podcast. Heck yeah, man. Stoked to be here. Uh, I, I, I meant to tell you this before we hopped on here live, but my mom texted me a picture the other day. She like follows all all my stuff on Instagram. and she, she It was a picture of you releasing a trout next to your um, your logo on your boat. And yeah. she was like, do you think he'll care if I paint this? So she's painting a picture of you releasing your trout next to your boat. So hopefully it'll turn out pretty cool. She, I was like, I think he'll I think he'll be pretty stoked on that. Man, uh, I'm actually really excited about that. Yeah, man. She was stoked. Like she you told me live. Yeah, that was, for, for sure. super cool, man. For sure. Awesome. Yeah, Judy Brock Fine Art. She does some awesome fish paintings and whatnot. So go check her out as well. Um, but yeah, we just I'm going to try to do more of these if I've got the time and the ability to do some more live shows like this. Because it's fun to be able to interact with people. Um, and answer some questions. If you do have any questions that pop up, we'll try to get to them all. Um, we'll try to get to you know the questions. Just just shoot them over here in the uh, in the chat on YouTube, and we'll do our best to answer everything that we can. Uh, but man, how's your how's your fishing been going? It's been going pretty good, um, especially as of lately. Now that we're getting a consistent um, upper sixties water temp, things yeah. have really fired off. I'm finding a lot more summer patterns. Yeah or at least uh, a glimpse of summer patterns, for sure. singles, doubles, less schools, things like that. But overall, um, we've had a pretty good spring. It's a love-hate. Me and spring fishing have a love-hate. Dude, um, me too. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but all in all, it's pretty good. I think uh, spring fishing probably has a couple more weeks before it's full-blown summer summer patterns. I, I think that's true for just the outdoors in general. We're, we're, we're ahead of schedule, it seems like. So It um, does. It does seem ahead of schedule. I will say though, May is a tricky month because like you feel like you're breaking into that that summer, and then you'll get like a cold snap in May, yep. and it, everything just you know washes out, and you got to completely refigure out kind of what's going on. May May's one of my favorite months. It's like even April, like you can have one day where you feel like an absolute hero in the water. You're catching. It's like you can't make a wrong decision, and then the <laughs> next day, same weather pattern, everything you got there, and you're like, where the heck are all the fish? That's so, right. Yeah, you feel like the man one day, and you feel like you're trying to you know, figure it out from square one the next day. And that's, that was just two days ago. I feel like we had, like, I woke up and it was 43 outside and I was like, what? Yeah. What? I was sweating yesterday. I know exactly. I mean, I, this time of year, I put my foot in my mouth so often, like overselling a trip, but man, it was going to be good today. We got them so good on top yeah. water yesterday. I can know right where they are. We're going to slip in there. We'll get some top water action. First thing, yep. you know, maybe they'll eat top. And then you get in there like, all right, they're gone. <laughs> 
and, and you got to just yeah. start scrambling. So I've gotten better as I've spent more time guiding and put my foot in my mouth more and more as to be like, keep your freaking mouth shut, undersell, yep. over deliver is the way you want to be as a fishing guide. And just as a fisherman for your own personal like expectations of the day, be like, ah, oh, we'll go out there, see what we can figure out. You know, whenever I start getting all fired up and thinking I'm the man is usually when I, when I face plant pretty hard. So, um, I think that's some of the best advice I was ever given is to <laughs> just manage the expectations low and then just over deliver. Best advice I've ever given as an angler. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it, 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 even if you know, it's if hands down, you know, it's going to be great. Like undersell it. Um, yep. is the best yep. way to play it. And that's even if you're taking your buddies out there too. It's like keep those expectations low and then blow them out of the water. So, Man, uh, buddies are so much harder than clients because they'll tell you well, exactly what they think. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Way harder on me. For sure, man. It's uh, You know my least favorite trips to run? I love running them because I love being with those people. But yeah. like friends of a friend or like you know uh, someone that I know's brother or my wife's client or like someone that I'm really well connected with is like the pressure is, is much higher and I'm always a little, little more stressed out on those trips and tend to usually kind of suck it up a little bit on those trips. So uh, then my excuse is always, I'm just really good at Photoshop. It's all been the same fish. I just drop it in different, I get people to take pictures with their hands up like this and drop the fish in there. But but yeah, spring's a, spring's a great, Oh, sorry. What were you saying? I just said 10 pictures, one fish. Yeah. 10 pictures, one fish. That's the way to do it. I heard a rumor. This could be, this could be false. But Flip Pallet, apparently, back in the day when he was when magazines were a big thing and they were taking a lot of pictures for magazines, and it might not have been Flip Pallet, it might have been someone else. But he had a skiff, or this person had a skiff, and one side of it was painted, let's say, yellow, and the other side was painted blue. And he'd have two outfits on the boat, and so they'd go out there, get a tarpon next to the boat, and like get on one side, take a picture with the fish, you know, and then take the fish to the other side, change outfits, different different side of the boat, different color, and take another picture. So they could sell these pictures, you know, to, to multiple magazines and whatnot. But yeah, um, I, I don't know if that's tarnish, true. <laughs> I don't want to tarnish flips flip pallets idea in my head. Like what I, 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 I don't want to tarnish that. Hey, he's just a, being a businessman. You know what I mean? It, that, this was before the days of Instagram, where it's like, oh, I caught, uh-huh. you know. But but still, it's maybe it's dirty. Maybe it's just being a smart businessman. But uh, I don't <laughs> yep. know. I don't know. I, I was thinking about getting my skiff painted two different colors. So. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, spring fishing, man, it's it's a fun time of year. I, I focus so heavily on, on redfish this time of year. If I had it my way, I would be just trout fishing. Like, I would just go, you know, speckled trout fish. But as you know, you know, the schooling redfish, if you can get on that, it can be pretty exciting for clients. But, yeah. but I think, you know, in this episode, on this live stream, it, it'd be cool to kind of dive into some of the tactics that, that we both like to apply when, when targeting speckled trout in the spring. Um, mm-hmm. and, and some of our successes, some things that we've seen that don't work, and and kind of some of the trends that play out as these as these temperatures start warming up. So uh, maybe let's first start out with springtime. You know, we've had let, we'll we'll just kind of look at our, our weather that we've got right now. We've had a few warm days, got some mm-hmm. south wind. Um, what what types of areas are you are you finding these fish in, and and why do you think they're kind of holding or, or moving into these zones? Yeah. So um, as of right now. Like I said, we're seeing uh, upper 60s in the in the water temps. So I think we're we're just a couple weeks out from seeing that spawning behavior. I think the textbook um, speckled trout spawning temperature is 77 to like mid 80s. So I think what they're doing right now is they're moving into areas and and they're coming out of the deep creeks, the deep the western side creeks. And um, they're just looking for somewhere to spawn because in the next probably week and a half to two weeks, they're going to be spawning. Yeah. So they're getting somewhere salty and they're getting somewhere um, that they can spawn, which like, you know, typical trout spawning areas would be something secure, safe, um, Spartina, eel, um, you know, something hidden like that. Yeah. So um, that's kind of where I'm targeting. Um I mean, the way I look at it is, I try to catch them in route to from that spot to that spot. So I don't know how accurate that is. If they take a take somewhere, and, you know, stop somewhere in the middle or not, or go somewhere, take a three way to it, or right. uh, <laughs> I, I, that's what I do though. Um, I got a couple grass flats I like that you know three to five foot would be my magic number. Yeah. Um, this time of year in the fall. So and and actually all throughout the summer as well. 
Um, for a speckled trout, I think three to five is a good number. So I'm looking three to five foot, um, preferably near a creek that I know held fish all winter and um, somewhere that seems like uh, they would want to spawn. And that really, you got to get into uh, knowing where they where they like to spawn, like I said. And something, a good little tip um, that actually relatively recently that I learned as far as knowing the bottom and knowing the um, – like what's going on down there. Right. Uh, I've always heard that stingrays were a good idea, like good sign or whatever. And I found out it's a good sign because uh, stingrays only float in certain areas that are because they the way they fl- the way they crawl over the bottom. If they're there, then the bottom's good. Um, the bottom hasn't been torn up by shrimp trawlers. The bottom isn't super hard and rocky, and and or you'll never see them crawling over an oyster bar. Obviously, it'd cut them up. So. Um, in, in my mind, I kind of relate stingrays to I'm in the area of some kind of good, soft, grassy bottom yeah. that a big mama trout would like to like to spawn and whatnot. So for sure. that's kind of what I'm looking for right now. Um, like I said, I think we're two weeks out and, and something salty. I think the uh, salinity parts per million, again, according to the textbook, and we all know that it can go either way according to the textbook, but right. it, it, I it's like 17 to 30 parts per million salinity. That's relatively salty water. Yeah. Um, so I, I'll get a little closer to the inlet than normally what I would. For sure. Um, when I'm fishing. So and and that of, can kind of change too, I feel like, in some of the river systems that we fish based off of rain rainfall. Like you could have a saltier area that might not have been saltier last year, but this year it's a little bit saltier, which we're kind of seeing right now. That's exactly right. If Raleigh gets rained on for three days and we don't see a drop, then our salinity is out of whack four yeah, days later. Exactly. Um, and that's what makes our rivers here so volatile and in changing every day. Um, but if, if that, it's not accurate. And if I could have a salinity testing machine, whatever that would be, to be sweet. Um, but I, I definitely am not afraid to taste the water a little pink like, dip <laughs> that's sweet you know you know if it's sweet water you'll know it and if it's salty you're like okay I'm right. gonna spend some it's not accurate nowhere near accurate but I don't know I got um, a pretty sensitive tongue man <laughs> <laughs> sensitive palate sensitive palate that's right so that's kind of where I'm where I'm looking and what I'm doing right now as far as location and I really feel like location right now is everything um it, it becomes a little less about the what and the um whatever the other one is. And I don't care as much about what I'm throwing right now as far as where I'm at. It becomes really important. For sure. So, Yeah, they're, they're kind of highly concentrated in areas. Uh, as far as their spawning grounds go, does current play much of a factor in that? Are they are they doing that in, in heavier current areas, or are they more so trying to find that, that stuff that's a little bit more out of the current? Um, so when they're spawning, they're focused on spawning, but – there's two there, I, there's that's for me that's two different schools of thought um what I, and then i might be faulted in that but right now i know that they have been super lazy and not wanting to expend a lot of energy all um winter long but now that they're 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 gearing up for the spawn and they're 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 finally ready to expend some energy um, with all the bait that's about to rush in through those inlets, I think their biological clocks know that, just like all the other animals out there. Right. Um, so I, I will fish a current break um, and, and catch that re- reaction bite or that ambush bite um, in a current break. Um, I think I would now start to fish a little more current than I did a month ago because of the weather trends we've had. And that will slowly... Uh, increase I'll fish more and more and more current up until the dog days of summer where again you have that um, laziness but it's like the opposite end the the lethargic lazy almost yeah Um, so yes to answer your question I am looking but I'm not really thinking about the spawn as much like I'm not looking for an eel grass in the current like that for some reason those things don't intersect in my mind right right I definitely think they might be gearing up for the spawn. And with that being said, they're like, I'm willing to burn calories for sure to get these big baits. Definitely. That's kind of my school of thought, right, wrong, or indifferent. Yeah, for sure. And and that that's, it's like the ever changing 
you know, million questions of fishing. You know, it's like it could be you think you have the dialed in answer and then one day it all, all gets thrown off and you start thinking differently. And, and uh, right. you know, it's just an ever-changing cycle. Um, That's kind of what I'm addicted to, though, is the as, – as you can get totally, like, obsessed, engulfed, like go as deep as you want into the nitty-gritty right. with fishing. And I, I don't know. I think that's a part of it that I like. Um, no, I agree. Obsess over it. I think that's what keeps us so engaged. You know, if it was super, super easy, it, not that it wouldn't be fun, but it wouldn't be quite as engaging every day to get out there and have to figure it out. And you know, and uh, you know, that, that's kind of how I feel. And I share this on the podcast sometimes about winter schooling redfish. Like they're super fun to catch, but once you got a school kind of pinned up in an area, it's like. Yep. it's pretty mindless. And so that's what's so fun about trout, so fun about summertime, you know, single and double redfish, where it's more of a hunt. It's more, you know, wheels turning in your head the whole time. Like, where do I need to be on this tide as the tide transitions? Should I pull off the bank? Should I push in tighter as the tide comes up? You yep. know, th- there's a lot of a lot of factors to it. And I think that's, you know, from a lot of great trout fishermen that I've talked to, baits, you know, are important. And there's definitely big fish baits, but it's more so yep. like you're saying, being in the right place at the right time and knowing right. you need to heavily fish it and keep casting and then and, and plug it out because the big fish live there. You just need to show them the bait, show them something and they're going to eat it, you know, if it, when it's right. the right time. Um, and, and again, like the, the, it's a great time to catch big fat speckled trout because they're oh, yeah. about to spawn. But with that being said, it's such an important time to release bigger trout as well as really take care of those fish when you've got them out of the water. They're way more fragile when they're full of eggs. And um, yep. so, so just being, you know, netting those fish, keeping them in the water, lift them up, quick picture right back into the water. Uh, That's right. You know, That's so exactly right. it's uh, the water's warming up too and those fish become more and more fragile. And I know we're saying, you know, actually we'll, we'll go into this question because I think that it, it kind of flows well with, what we've been talking about and then we'll kind of get into some other stuff but um what are all the or what factors do y'all consider before you plan a trip um weather moon wind tide other guides intel what am i missing um and so i think we've touched on a little bit of that but and and as we guide you know we can't always decide the days that we go fish you know you're just kind of going out when you're booked and it, but if yeah, you right. could pick a perfect storm of those, you know, let's say weather, moon, wind, tide for right now, what would be your, your answer? Well, I think initially to the question when he listed all of those, like other gods, intel, tide, moon, I think a yes to all of that. Yeah. Um, we spoke about last time that I was on your show. Um, there's a list of apps that I look at. I yeah. look at the moon. I look at the tide. I look at... Um, what I did last year this time, um, what I did last year is not as important because there's nothing saying they're going to do that. Um, I really only look at what I did last year if I'm drawing a blank. Like, okay, right. what I thought wasn't working, back to the drawing board, what did they do last year? Um, so, yes, to everything you said I would look at and take in, some things go in a higher priority, you know what I mean? Um, and God intel. And that doesn't matter if they're a guide, a buddy. Eastern Current Facebook page is a great spot for it. Is <laughs> uh, is to kind of look and um, you know, depending on who says what, you put more gravity on other people. Right. It's just not to sound nasty in any way. Just what it is. You know, you hold certain people in high regards, and if they say something, then you're going to be like, okay, sweet, they're doing this and this and this at low tide. Not that we're giving spots away or anything, but. Um, you know, fish are on the same biological clock. There's on the same, uh, you know, when the birds are feeding, the fish are feeding from, right. uh, that what's his face says that all the time on speckled truth, man. So yeah. I think he's exactly right. So definitely a network of people that's important. But, um, and all that rambling, I forgot the initial question. What do we look at when we're going planning a trip? Yeah. So let's just say with these couple with weather, moon, wind, and tide, what, what's your perfect storm right now? If you, you know, what's going to get you the most fired up if you saw it in the forecast for tomorrow? Okay. So moon would be, uh, anywhere in between three days before a new moon and three days after a new moon. Mm-hmm. Anytime in that I am waking up before the alarm clock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then a falling tide this time of year is my favorite in the majority of my spots. There's a couple of, uh, when I say my spots, I just mean spots that I frequent and yeah. my local. Um, now I'm not claiming them or anything. Right, right, right. Spots that I frequent, um, 
I think a falling tide typically where I'm located by the inlet is where I, what I and what I enjoy and do the best on. Um, and then wind, typically any time in the winter, I'm like, yeah, bring it on northeast 20 miles an hour. I'm stoked. Yeah. But right now, since they're finally getting fired up, I think like five miles an hour is plenty. Yeah. That way I can get out there. I can throw my one knocker. Uh, it's a little chopped up, so you don't have because in three to five foot, that's not nine feet. That's not a nine foot hole. Right. Where you right. can you can come off your gas motor ten feet before the hole, drop your trolling motor, drop something in the deck of the boat, you're good. Right. Um, if you're in three to five foot and fishing these these grass beds. I think you got to be a little more sneaky. So with that being said. When you got that five to eight mile an hour wind, um, it kind of gives you some forgiveness. Definitely. You know what I mean? When it pops it up and it's not sick, slick glass out there, I don't like fishing in slick glass. I mean, I'm not running in a flats boat at the moment. Um, maybe one, maybe here soon, but not right now. Nice. So I'm not being that super stealthy guy. Right. I'm a trolling motor guy. Um, so with that being said, with my trolling motor going, I prefer anywhere from five to eight. Ten is great. Um, I mean, anything below twenty sustained, I'm probably fishing. But I think ideally five to eight miles an hour. Yeah. And then right now, uh, with trout fishing, as far as wind direction, and um, I guess wind direction really just what does that wind direction mean? Like I know southwest will probably be a, a warmer day. Northeast will probably be a colder day. You know, certain things mean post front, pre front. What I'm looking for is a difference. Uh, what what was what was different uh, that really got these fish moving? Was it a um, we've got five days of straight southwest wind and the next three days are northeast? Then I would prefer the northeast. Right. Um, I think direction really you have to get into the trend. Definitely. Um, you have to look at that app every day and notice what the trends are. And when there's something different coming. If that barometer or the wind is just switching, the barometer is just dropping, 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 then I'm, I'm good. I'm, that's when I'm getting fired up. Yeah. As far as the wind, but as far as miles per hour, I think it's five to eight. Five just to eight. To give me a little bit of camouflage, give me some forgiveness, whether it be me or my guests, because I'm just as uh, clumsy as they are. Um, <laughs> it gives us a little bit of, of, of wiggle room, if you will. So for that's, sure, that's kind of what I'm looking for right now. Man, I think that. It, that's pretty key you know in, in general you look at all the guys in texas that are very serious trout fishermen you know die by their speckled trout fishing that's right um, they're they're taking stealth to a whole other level getting out waiting you know working real slowly across the flat and um, i think you know we spook more fish in that three to you know, two to five foot of water than we realize we do oh yeah um and it's with with redfish. A lot of times, you know, you get some muds. Not that trout won't mud sometimes, but you don't really see trout mud in our our areas all that much. Um, mm -hmm. But you can work through an area and, and and maybe just be a little bit too loud, and you're spooking fish that you could have could have potentially caught. So it never hurts to slow down. I don't think a trolling motor is a bad call, but you know, even talking to some guys that that catch big trout consistently, like kind of building some speed up with a trolling motor, using that wind to maybe drift into place and dropping the power pole. And, yep. and, and yep. fishing real quietly, real slowly. And I think, like you're saying, the calmer it is, the, the stealthier you need to be. And you'll see oh, that yeah. play out in, in so many fish, you know, redfish, trout, yep. even flounder. I think flounder are one of the most forgiving fish as far as oh, yeah. as far as that goes. But I, I've definitely still seen flounder. Like today, I was fishing the Cape Fear today. I was blown away with the amount of flounder I was seeing. Just mudding off the bank, I was pulling. So I think we'll have another, you know, good flounder year. Um, but I multiple times have i you know i've been polling push pull hits an oyster shell watch a flounder shoot right off the bank and so right. those little bits of noises you know the, the, the fish will definitely definitely key in on those um but but yeah i think stealth stealth is, is super important um, Absolutely. but as the as the water gets warmer as there's more bait going around and it, you know it, it, they get a little more distracted a little more easy to sneak up on but um you know you can never it never hurts to be stealthier so that's kind That's, of... and you bring up a pretty good point and I actually have a question for you yeah but a point about flounder like you should, for me what I've noticed I've not spooked a ton of, of trout like you said um, I've not dialed in catching trout in the marsh so that's something I'm trying to achieve because the trout that I do see in the shallow marshes and like they're giants and I just 
they, they elude me. But I, know. I always spook redfish like at three feet from the boat. I spook flounder right under the boat. Yeah. Like, so for, they don't care. They Until don't the care. Until the boat goes over them, then they freak out. Yeah. But um, I think it's because they know they're so camouflaged. They, they yeah. think for the longest time, all right, I'm safer just to sit still. You know, I look yeah. like the bottom. I think they realize more so than like a redfish or a trout that, that they can kind of hunker down and hide. Um, I would love to hear their commentary. I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm Oh, crap. Yeah, exactly. Got to uh, get out of here. You said you were you were Poland, uh, Poland um, and, it, and it just brought up a question that I have for yeah. you would be, um, do you think – that polling is more stealthy than a trolling motor because your pole has to make contact with the bottom. Uh, and like, when do you make that call? Like if you're in enough water to have a trolling motor, do you still go with your pole or how do you differentiate trolling motors better here or polling is, yeah, I'm just curious about that a little bit. So I think polling is so important, but the biggest part of it is for fly fishing because you can quit, you can much, you can be much quieter and quickly change the angle of the boat for a cast than you can with a trolling motor. So, you know, if I'm kind of trolling motoring down a bank and all of a sudden I see a fish and I need to kind of swing the bow open for the client to make a cast or whoever's on the bow to make a cast, I can do that much quieter and quickly with a push pole than like turning my trolling motor around, hitting the button, and then it starts to suck real hard and throw a bunch oh, of yeah. water. Um, yeah. So, so quick movements are, are definitely better with a push pole. Um, I think that a trolling motor is completely fine for sight fishing and being stealthy. I think the changing of the speed of the trolling motor or cutting it off, like a change in that noise or that frequency, that's really a lot of times what ends up spooking fish. Um, I've really found, I've done a lot of like heavy focus on my trolling motor speed when I'm by myself and sight fishing for redfish. And if I'm on a bank that I don't really know if there's fish on it, I'll run it at like three and a half or four. But when I know there's fish there and I'm working on a bank in the summer or in the spring, um, two and a half, three is the max I'm going to run that thing. Um, right. and, and I've, I've gotten away with catching them, but so, more times than not, if you can get away with getting that cast out of that fish in time and keep that trolling motor running, do that. You know, and that's the nice thing about running it slow is you're not buzzing past the fish. You don't have to necessarily stop it. You know, it's just kind of barely pulling you along. Um, mm-hmm. And that just comes with knowing your water well too, like knowing a bank yeah. really well. Like this is dead water. I can bump it up to four and buzz through this real quick. Um, yep. Slow down on these next couple oyster rocks, this creek mouth. Um, but no, I don't think I don't think a trolling motor spooks fish necessarily. I do think if you're good at polling and you can do it really quietly, it is a stealthier approach. But my main reason for wanting to pole is to be able to quickly change angles. Um, you know, when fly fishing with a spinning rod, you can just kind of turn your body and cast and you're not going to snag the dude on the back platform. But you know, something crazy like that. Yeah. In the lip. (laughs) Dude, we uh, quick story real quick. We were, we were on a school of redfish last week and they were chewing top water really good uh, in the afternoon, early evening. And the guy gets one on top water. It's a nice one. He wants to take a picture. And so I hand him, it was like this custom top water that this guy in Texas painted. So I wanted to get a picture and send it to him. Um, and hands, hand him the fish and it freaks out. I knew this was going to happen one day, you know, leaving a plug in the fish's mouth, um, freaks out, falls out of his hands, hook berries into his ankle, like barb deep, um, and still attached to the fish and also attached to, he had like some keens on, like some keen water shoes attached to the shoe too. And the fish is freaking out. I just reached down there and like bear hug this fish super tight. Um, and holding him super tight. And I'm not a pliers guy. Like I'm a pliers guy now after that, but I, I never keep pliers in the boat. I got a D hooker. I got two different types of D hookers. I got, and I got scissors. Um, and so I didn't have a way to clamp the barb down. I didn't have a pair of dikes on my boat, super unprepared. Luckily I was near a buddy's dock. Whenever there, we cut the hook out, but, um, dude, treble hooks, just be careful. That's my little, my little story. Man, but You've been off of Instagram, right? A little more than usual yeah i'm deleting instagram off my phone and just downloading it to post catch up real quick i'm just trying to get away from that heavy addiction to just opening it up and scrolling through it so dude so i put i put a story up the other day i mentioned a lip i caught a fly in the lip uh two weeks ago did you (laughs) oh yeah past the barb man like from the side like fly past like as far as it could go typically i can get hooks out by myself 
But you talk about changing the angle, like a change of angles would have probably prevented me from <laughs> catching a fly in the mouth. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was, as soon as we hang up, I had to send it to you. I totally forgot that you were doing that but because uh, it was a story, so it wasn't up long. But yeah, yeah. anyways, I did. I caught it right in the mouth. Oh, dude. dude. Uh, following a fish on the bank and just didn't cha- didn't move my head. And, yeah, it, that one, that was suck. That sucked a lot. So it would have been it would have been great just to – stick the push pole to, to to one side or the other and just get out of the way. It sounds like after that you need to take the push pole and just a little nudge on the person on the bow. <laughs> Once you get the fly out, you don't want to push them off while they're still attached to you. But Man, while it was in my lip, the bite was so hot, man. We caught like uh, like 15 on fly. Heck yeah. It was phenomenal. Um, it was so hot, I just clipped it out of my lip. It stayed in my lip for four hours. We kept fishing because we couldn't worry with that at the moment. And, Please tell um, me you have a picture of you holding a redfish up with a fly in your mouth, do you? I absolutely do. I got in on the action. Nice. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. That's awesome. It's a big old crab fly, too, so it takes up half my face. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, dude. My day is coming. I've been popped by flies so many times, but I've never ever been hooked i do not need to say this bar deep <laughs> by any type of hook um so we'll see what happens i've actually hooked a client i don't know why i'm oh. sharing this on here but casting oh. for spanish like they're like hey cast for me real quick because they couldn't quite make the cast there was like bonita and albies and spanish all mixed together and i turned to zing it and he like stepped to the side as i was casting and i ended up burying it in his shoulder really bad treble hook on a on a casting jig and so I know that, that my day is coming. I've earned it, and, and I'm going to get it. But luckily, it has not happened yet. Um, That's why we carry insurance. But um, let's see here. Um, let's, let's move into talking a little bit about, you know, I know baits aren't necessarily the most important part of, you know, trout fishing this time of year. But yep. do your baits vary be- between, like, your wintertime and fall time stuff? What do you like to throw? What colors do you like to throw? Um, let- let's start with, like, your go-to bait. Like, if you know yep. the fish are there, what's your confidence bait? Yeah, I was making sure I didn't have one tied up. Um, so, I'm not – I know that the baits aren't as important, but we as fishermen, we're all kind of gearheads a little bit. Um, we all geek out a little bit on gear and tackle and lures and things like that. So I definitely changed my baits up. I'm a huge fan of the Catch 2000s this time of year. Um, well, let me back up. Number one is a head and one knocker spook. Mm, it's a dirty but, lure. I mean, that's I've caught more citations on that than any other lure. Um, now, I mean, the, the MR27 comes close, um, but nonetheless, that's that's just a like you said, a dirty lure. So um, that's that's number one. I'm I love the big spook, the full-size spook. That's a good one. Pop the middle hook off, rock and roll with it. Both of those. Um, but you also find, for me, this time of year, um, they lack the commitment to come all the way to the top. So I'll really key in on sub um, subsurface lures. A catch 2,000 fish properly is that. Um, you can let it sink and fish it like a 17. They got similar sink rates. Um, but also there's a couple of Paul Brown lures that you can fish subsurface at the same cadence, the same sweeping cadence as a topwater. It's just four inches below the water. And you still get the, the thrill of watching that silver flash. Um, and, you know, any kind of watching the eat is just, you know, is the cherry on top. And we all Thank love you. to watch the eat. So, and, and I think after a long, cold winter, we all kind of want to watch the eat. Yeah, um, for sure. And we all want, but and also we all want to jerk the top water away from the first blow up. <laughs> I know I've done it already at least once. Oh, just, dude, it's it's too easy to do. You got to just close your eyes and, and plug your ears and just work that bait until it until it comes yeah. tight. <laughs> That's so accurate. Um, so if, yeah, with that being said, uh, there's a couple Paul Brown. You can work a Fat Boy fast enough, and it's four inches below your top water. Um, yeah, I'm in stained water, so I like everything natural or new penny. Um, and my favorite catch 2000 has a green, it's a watermelon, I think, or I think it's watermelon they call it. Mm-hmm. But uh, Miralua probably does something funky, like throws four numbers somewhere in there. But uh, <laughs> it's basically a green back, pink belly, and trout, you know, trout specks all over it. Yeah. And um, that really sums it up. Oh, well, that's not trout, but spinnerbait. I break out my spinnerbaits this time of year. Um, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. But I just realized that's not even about trout. I don't throw much metal for trout. I don't know if you do, but uh, there's not much metal I throw for trout. Um, but that would pretty much sum up what I'm doing. I'm a big hard plastics guy when it comes to trout fishing. Um, oh, and a popping cork. Of course, you can you can just clip all that wintertime leader you had from your cork to your lure. Just half it. And yeah. It's, it's, you know, two feet under the surface. That's right. Yeah, two feet under the surface right. is the ticket. Man, there's this – so an, another bait, and I haven't fished much of it, but I know it's such a great springtime bait. I've done well on it, but I, I just don't get to fish for trout much this time of year because of the, just the clientele that I've built, I guess, is more wanting to target redfish. So I've kind of shot myself in the foot there, but um, <laughs> like a floating jerk bait. So as you pop, 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 that bait gets down two or three feet, and then it slowly oh, kind of wobbles yeah. towards the surface. Um, same deal with like a square bill, um, a bait that, that kind of works down – you know, midwater column and then and then rises up. You'll get some aggressive bites from from trout on like a, a floating jerk bait. Um, another bait, dude, that I started fishing. Um, I bought a couple from Intercoastal Angler because they were just different looking. So there's this bait called the Twitch and Wrap, which is oh, really man. popular up in on the Pamlico. Um, but there's this there's a bait that looks like the Twitch and Wrap, and I think it's the same bait. But it's a balsa bait. It floats, but it has a lip on it. So it fishes like a square bill. So as you twitch, 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 it kind of goes down like a square bill or like a like a jerk bait would and then floats back up to the surface pretty fast. Um, and I really want to try it for trout. I, I was catching redfish on top water the other day. And, you know, we were picking on one school in one area. And we probably caught a dozen fish. And, and they kind of started to follow it but not eat it. So I was like, hey, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tie on that bait I got, the floating bait with the lip. Dude, they were they were hammering that bait so so hard. Like you'd you'd get it in that school and pop pop pop, and it would kind of sink down in them. And as that thing would wobble up, you'd watch the fish kind of like move into it. And right before it got to the surface, they would just crush it every single time. And I know that would kind of get the trout's attention too if they're laying on the oh, bottom. Yeah. You know, you kind of dig it down into the bottom and then let it kind of float back up to the surface. Uh, we get so at least I do, and it's something I'm trying to overcome. I get so, you know dumb-minded and, and just focused on like yeah. two or three baits that I always fish instead of really and I think that comes with the territory of guiding you know like if I was if I was fishing on my own every single day or uh, lucky like my buddy Elias that gets to go out and, and just make videos and try different crazy stuff to see if it works yeah. like I would do it but you you, you, you kind of deal with that deal with that fear factor of like I've got to produce you know I'm gonna throw what was working yesterday something might work yep. better but yep. you might not ever know if you don't try it. So I, I do or I always urge people that, you know, are fun fishing to get out there, really push yourself to try different baits and, and you know, work through stuff. Uh, and trout are great fish to do it, especially if you get on a good bite. You can kind of play around and see what they want. Um, speaking of, I need to get you one of these. I've, I've got a bunch painted up right now. I'm going to epoxy top coat them. But this Ooh. is, I, I paint these baits. And this is a, uh, it's a full-size spook. It's a color that, um that they did that the corkies came in it's like a silver belly with some trout spots on it, a purple and black head um but the, i think this is going to be a great trout color i've got about 15 of them painted back here but i need to epoxy top kind of i'll get you one when i do uh, yeah but i think where that where did will, the other hook go where did the other ring go did you take it out yeah so it's it's got the three rings here one in the back one here oh, and I then see one it. there I didn't see it. but I i'm like it. you i like to upsize the hooks a little bit and just keep that middle one out uh, I, I, it seems to be fine, and this time of year, man, those trout usually t-bone a topwater pretty hard, so they're gonna get that oh, yeah. get that middle hook. But um, dude, that's lethal. Do what? That looks lethal. I, that looks I hope it. I hope it is as lethal as it looks, because it does look it does look kind of spicy. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I'd echo what you said pretty heavily on on the baits, uh, and and definitely larger baits. Like a lot of the bait that we see early, um, as far as mullet and Manhattan go, are decent sized. Um, and so those fish and, and they're, they're used to eating it. We're getting pinfish showing up and, you know, spots and other little bait fish like that. And so they're, they're eating larger baits. They're not afraid to eat larger baits and, um, a top water mimics, you know, a good, easy target of a large bait. So, um, yeah. So we had another question here. What's, what's your favorite direction, um, casting to a school of trout up current casting down cross current or down current casting above? Do you have kind of a preference on how, how you like to set up on an area if you know there's trout in an area? Um, and I know a lot of what you fish might not have a ton of current sometimes, but I guess yeah. as you get closer to the inlet, there is maybe a little bit more current. Is there a, a preference? I know I have a preference when fishing current for trout, but 
Um, like you said, I think in the New River topsoil, in either direction of that New River Inlet, it's a little unique. Um, yeah. But uh, I do come down south towards your your direction for some good trout every once in a while, and um, I think I'm not as well versed in that, that probably what you are, but I kind of see what the, my cards are dealt. Um, I would probably rather be down current, I, I think. Yeah, but like I said, I'm probably not as well well versed as you probably are, but um, on the few spots that I know, I prefer it to be going out, like back into the ocean. Mm-hmm the inlet yeah so that puts me down current inherently because how you get to that particular spot for sure it just in that general area how you get to any of those is, is, is down current so i think that's how i end up fishing them mm-hmm. um, but I, I i i've done really well doing like if the school's over here casting away like a top water way over here not touching the top water when it goes over the school it hasn't even been twitched one time they smack it, and it's just a floating bait. I don't know why. You're dead sticking a topwater, and it works phenomenal in current. I don't yeah. It just does. Well, and I think it's already kind of got that little wobbly play. It just looks like a very stunned bait fish up on the surface. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I would say I don't fish enough current uh, to really have a preference. I just kind of uh, – that's something I do on the fly, a decision. You use that sixth sense, that fish – you know, Fish sense. Fish sense gets <laughs> tingling a little bit. And For sure. I make that decision on the fly, but I don't know that I've been in that situation enough to know to really have like this is what we needed. Like an, uh, there's no SOG in place for me to say that's what needs to happen. For sure. What about you? For me, you know, if I've got, I'll pick a place like Rich's Inlet. You know, I'm I'm sitting on a bank. I know there's school of fish on a bank. Um, I like to kind of sit in line with those fish, but all further off the bank than they are. Um, sometimes I'll fish what I, what I call inside out. If the fish are hanging further out off the bank, I'll sit real tight to the bank and throw out to them. Um, but like, let's say, you know, I'm sitting 50 yards off the bank. The fish are right in front of me. I'm spot locked on my trolling motor in the current. It's falling right to left. The fish are in front of me at, at 15 yards off the bank. Um, and so what I'll do is I'll throw my cast 20 yards ahead of where they are and kind of let that bait fall. And, and I'm fishing a lot of soft plastics, DOA shrimp, you know, trout tricks, uh, mm-hmm. paddle tails and on, on jig heads mostly. And, and kind of just hopping that bait and letting it swing in the current. Um, and you're, when you're doing that swing in current, especially in heavy current, you have kind of an effective zone of your cast. So like, you, if they're real fired up and elevated in the water column, you could kind of catch them anywhere. Sometimes you catch them on that swing when that bait's really speeding up and kind of swinging out the back of the boat. Uh, yep. But usually that stuff that's like right in front of you to like, uh, you know, one, uh, a little yep. bit of a degree below you. You're like, you yep. know, a, a V out from the boat. That's right. Um, and so trying to effectively kind of get that bait down and fish that zone um, is key. And, and I just have better connection with my bait like that. Like if, I, if I'm fishing, you know, straight down currents, I just can't keep the bait where I want it and where in the water column I want it. And if I'm mm-hmm. fishing straight up current, you know, the bait's coming back to me so fast that I can't keep as good a connection with it, but I can kind of dead stick and keep a tight line and do some twitches, you know, if I'm parallel to that school of fish and that, that plays into a lot of the fall fishing, but which is also a good reminder of like, like you're talking about the fish and those, the coastal rivers that are, you know, stagnant water, not much tide. Yep. Those fish transition in and they got to transition out the same way. And it might be a, a quicker transition out, but those those fish will hang out in those transition zones, not in the same numbers, but they'll be there all year. I mean, all summer you're going to have some fish in some of those spots. Hundred uh, percent. And that's something that I kind of you know fish in all the all the big channel spots and inlets and whatnot uh, with the top water in the morning. Um, in the summertime, you'll pick up trout for sure in those same exact zones that you were you're picking them up in the fall. So. Um, yep. always a good little, you know, bonus in your pocket if you're going red fishing or flounder fishing to go catch a couple, you know, bonus trout on the way in and out. But uh, And they're a little sweeter in the summertime. They are a little sweeter. Yeah, they they're a little fatter too and the color, man, yeah. the color's always so pretty. They and get I so I don't mean sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying they get so chrome in the fall and winter. Oh yeah. Um, and then they get that nice well up in it, kind of that stained water you fish, they they keep a nice color, I guess, in the winter, but where I am they're like you catch one in the winter, it's like a little silver dart. Yeah. 
I was just not sweeter in the taste. Now I'm not killing our summer <laughs> trout. I mean, just like it's a little nice surprise, um, a little sweeter as far as the fishing. Right. No. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's it's uh, it's they probably rewar- taste the same. <laughs> they probably do, but it, it I, I would say too, it's just more rewarding, you know, to catch a good trout in the summertime because it's they're not as as abundant as they are, you know, in the in the fall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think. Let's see if we've got any more questions here. Um, here's one that's not pertaining to trout, but we'll just answer it real quick. How far mm-hmm. upriver have you seen a flounder? So let's let's talk about the New River. Have you caught them way up the New River? Absolutely. Yeah. I, and again, that goes back to salinity. 100%. I don't study flounder. Um, in fact, that's my, as a guide in North Carolina, you need to be really good at three things. And my Achilles heel is uh, flounder. Yeah. Just, they've been a bycatch for me as a recreational fisherman. So, um, I mean, we could go catch them because I know when, as bycatch where they sat and stuff. But, um, but with that being said, once I started, like, okay, I need to get good at this if I'm going to be a god. And uh, I realized they're kind of elusive and they're special. They have a special bite. And that was kind of, you know, drew me into it. That's it's a little, fun bite, dude, especially on artificial. It really is. And I didn't realize until I started to um, try trying to be a more well-rounded angler um, and target them a little more. I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. I get the hype now. So for sure. With that being said, when I, when I was fishing for them, I've seen them pretty far up, but it goes back to the salinity. Uh, I don't study them as much as I study the trout, so I don't know their salinity levels you know, to the million or anything like that. But... Um, yeah, like right now we have a we have a salty river right now. We've not had rain. Raleigh's not had rain. When I say Raleigh, I just mean you know things that would drain off into where we're at, not right, necessarily right. Raleigh as the city. Um, thing we're we're just dry. We're a dry state right now. Yeah. So um, we're 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 super salty because even though it's not raining, the tide is still ebbing and flowing, pushing more salty water in. Um, but it would take a good couple days of rain and we'd be back out of whack and those flounder would probably move back to um, more salty areas. Uh, but with that being said, uh, I think the New River is a pretty unique and volatile river. Um, it's one of the few rivers that's contained to like one county. So it, it's unique to say the For least. Sure. And um, I've seen them pretty far up as far as, I mean, I want to say near near around jacksonville yeah uh, they you know more than one's been caught out of like i know i mentioned southwest last time not trying to spot burn any <laughs> right right big secret but um yeah they go pretty far up they're pretty they're a tough fish they're tolerant they they're are tough um so they'll go i want to say jacksonville is probably the highest i've seen uh short answer long so yeah for for sure i i would say pretty far up too i mean i've caught them up above downtown in the cape fear um and and those fish it really comes all down to stony level like last year i was doing some summertime striper fishing and catching flounder on the jig up there and then you get a little bit of rain and they're all gone everything pushes back down and they, they can do it all in a day and they can turn around and come back up but a lot of times those far those those furthest reaches where that water's pretty, you know, getting sweet, it's getting some fresh to it, is where you catch some big flounder. Like that's a okay. that's an area to target large flounder. I mean, you're not going to have the, a lot of times the numbers that you might have around an inlet or you know around right. docks and stuff near an inlet, um, structure near an inlet. But you know, if you know where to target them, which you know flounder are are one of the most obvious fish. I mean, where they're going to sit on points and creek mouths and you know in current. Those fish are flat; they can lay out a current. Um, there's some big fish that get way up those rivers because that's where a lot of that bait gets. Um, yep. So, but you just got to really pay attention to that salinity level. Um, and, and that's kind of how it was yep. for me, man, too, with flounder and, and even with trout. Like when I first started guiding, it was like everything redfish, got to sight fish. Like that's what I wanted to do. And yep. then I, I loved all the other fishing, but that's just what I was ate up with at the time. But you start to realize like there's so many great opportunities and, and just personally, I look at, at like, all right, I'm doing this for my whole life. I, you know, this is what I want my career to be. I want to be the best angler that I can be in general. I want to focus on, I mean, yeah. I want to spend time and focus. It seems like every year I, I pick a new little nuance <laughs> that I want to get. Like the past yeah. two summers, it's been like ocean flounder fishing. Like I want to get really freaking good at catching them in the ocean. Yep. 
Um, and that's about the most fun way to catch a flounder, dude. Hopping a jig in the ocean and talk about oh. like an insane bite, dude. They smash it. They eat it so hard out there. Um, Near shore flounder is is not even close to other flounder fishing. But no. I mean, it's phenomenal. It is phenomenal, and I always tell people too, like flounder don't fight at all. But it's when you catch them in two feet of water, they can't. Like that's why people, you'll see, I know you've seen it with clients, like. They hook a fish. They're like, oh, I think I got a fish. And they're like reeling it in. I think I got it. It doesn't feel like a fish, but – and then yep. it gets right under the boat and it's ying, 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 ying because it, it finally right. has that ability that they're they're flat, so they can only really pull down. When you're pulling straight out at them, they just slide to your boat like a piece of paper. But that's why in the ocean you'll hook a flounder. You're like, is this a redfish? Like, what? Well, it's pulling drag. And uh, they've got a lot of ability to do that. So um, that's our little flounder tangent there. But, um, yep. but yeah, so, the, you know, get out there, fish a lot of different – styles of fishing target finder redfish trout but um don't give up on trout in the summer it's a great time of year uh, in spring it's a great time of year to catch trout for sure north carolina has 12 12 months of trout fishing and yeah. i would even venture to say um jacksonville taking the water jacksonville down the new river up the waterway all the way to carolina beach downtown wilmington uh that area that we fish has 12 months of of trout fishing to be done yeah um so I would definitely don't count it out. Now, when I'm when I started fishing here, I, like I said, I was shared a little bit last time that I fell in love with the trout bite. It was my first trout kind of ruined me. I was I was one of those beginner luck guys, and uh, I was done. And so I was like, okay, I want to be one of the guys that catch these 12 months out of the year because I just thought the elites did that, and um, it's actually pretty pretty achievable. And and as I was like, crap, I trout as our trout fishery grows um and we have less freezes over the winter and we continue to fight a couple other things uh that are opposed our fishery i think it'll only get better you know we have 2.6 million acres of estuary and water so of course we have trout 12 months out of the year right right that's not to go too far into our, our fishery and our water and all that but yeah definitely do not count trout trout out for the summer they're yeah, around definitely not you know you get enough of those surprise bites too when you're red fishing you know on a point or something and it's a trout and it's like that wasn't an accident like like run that trend and, and you'll find more fish like that so that's uh, right yeah definitely trout fishing is is a great great you know thing to add to your your arsenal in the summertime so um well i th- we're almost at an hour here i think we've kind of covered it well we've answered our question oh, um yeah we've we've crushed it man it flew by um <laughs> I will say, if you like I said earlier, if you do love this podcast and want to help support us, check out our Patreon page. Ozzy and I are going to hop over there and discuss. I, I'd really like to talk fly fishing for redfish with Ozzy. I know he loves to do it. So we're going to do that over on Patreon. If you do want some extra content, come over there and check it out. But, guys, thanks so much for tuning in this live. Uh, we'll try to do some more live. Definitely going to have Ozzy back on here. Uh, very smart, uh, good captain, uh, very entertaining on the podcast as well, man. So I do appreciate that. And, uh, But again, thank you all for tuning in, and we will see you all next week. Later.